Hello and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. My name is Brian Stone and I'm the associate editor at Bank Automation News. Joining me today is Shane Berry, head of customer experience at Mission Lane. Shane discusses the ways retail clients extract value from automation, how banks can best deploy messaging to help consumers, and where banks have disconnects between their digitizations and the customer expectations. What I think is is interesting is is the use cases for the consumer themselves and and the sort of um, the increase in prevalence of of automated um, approaches to solving some of those problems. I'm thinking things like budgeting or financial planning, right? Um, you know, uh, things that 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 take in um, information and, and and use machine learning models or or algorithmic uh, automation to to kind of help solve those problems algorithmic savings accounts, things like that, or e- even you know, customer service or chatbots. Um, but there's actually a really simple use case that I like to use that sort of illustrates how we might think about automation's real value to our customers um, and its limitations. The, the use case uh, of, of automatic payments. So in our case, automatic credit card payments, right? Um, it's hard to think of a, of a more cut and dry use case with obvious value uh, to our customers and the companies. So for the customer, auto pay assures on time payments and prevents that downward cycle of, of debt and fees and, and default that, that it sometimes, you know, they've experienced in the past that has led them to the, the place that they are. Um, but for many of our customers, it's actually not that simple because they have dynamic finances um, and it makes enrolling in auto pay and seating control kind of challenging for them. Um, they might have income that comes in at different amounts at different times of the month. Um, they might, uh, the long wait times of, 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 of payments when the money's like left their account, but hasn't, hasn't paid their credit card can actually lead to a lot of um, uh, uh, sort of uncertainty in, in, in their liquidity. Um, and then, you know, the, how much money they have left over their, uh, after their other expenses can really vary greatly from week to week and month to month. So those are some of the challenges around something as, simple and automated as auto pay. Um, when you look at that, uh, uh, I have, a, there's a, a person that we met in, in one of our uh, user research studies that sort of exemplifies this. Uh, we'll call her Joy. It's not her real name, but it works. Um, she was a 30-something mother of five uh, from Florida that we met in a user research session. She had multiple sources of income. She worked part-time for Home Depot, uh, but also did a bunch of uh, gig work um, home cleaning, um, I, I, you know, DoorDash, things like that. So she had a complicated set of bills and expenses. And because of that, she had a really like bespoke system for budgeting that she had developed that involved handwritten notebooks with lines that were drawn that connected specific income sources to specific bills. You know, a really kind of complex and, and unique way of managing this budget. And she was really comfortable with that approach. When she used auto pay in the past, it had actually bitten her when the bill came out earlier than she thought, um, and it caused overdrafts and, and missed payments on other bills. So I, I often think of joy when I think of, um, you know, how we might consider a customer's point of view when thinking about automating things. So there's a lot of ways in which we can sort of mitigate um, uh, the, the ways that sort of reduce the sense of a customer's control. Uh, giving them the ability to shift their due dates so they match better with the income. Uh, having them, ha- you know, if they need like separate accounts for bills so that they have some assurance that the money won't get pulled out of the wrong spot for the other bill. Um, you know, basically splitting splitting accounts. 
the ability to change these payments and the amounts that they spend each month um, uh, because a large percentage of our customers, you know, and customers in general, um, they, you know, they need to pay unique amounts each month based on what's coming in and going out. When, when it comes to financial institutions, banks, uh, credit unions, um, what can they do to sort of help bridge this gap that we're seeing between automation and you use bill pay as an example and attempting to augment the customer experience to, I guess, you know, not only make them more comfortable, but, you know, to sort of, like you said, meet them where they are. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it sounds really odd. It's a great question and it's, it's not always cut and dry. I, I think when I think about solving this um, and it sounds really obvious, but it's staying in touch with the customer. It's understanding what their expectations are, what their needs are, and really having having you know uh, conversations with them to really identify areas that um, where seeding control just isn't going to work for them, or where it where it might. And so there's a um, there's sort it's sort of two pronged, I would say. One is um, is just that it's it's through research and conversation um, with with your actual customer base to really identify um, uh, those areas. The other uh, thing is to just really keep in mind that the um the approach to automation um should often feel fairly uh uh um invisible to the customer um customers really you know one way to have them maintain a sense of control is to really layer in an, an idea of humanity if they feel as though they're interacting with another person um you know that's a, that's an understandable interaction if they feel as though they're they're interacting with an algorithm or or um, you know uh, uh, a digital experience of some sort, the sense of of lack of control can be uh, exacerbated, can be multiplied. And so uh, the idea, I think, is to a stay in in, in touch with your customers um, and understand what their experience has has brought in terms of their expectations and their context, and b always think about adding that layer of humanity. Um, between the algorithm, between the automation and the customer themselves. You know, the, uh, a, a simple example here is, is, is um, you know, customer, uh, customer service chatbots, right? Um, thinking about uh, the use of those is a really fantastic way to, to maintain consistency in your customer experience and also reduce costs for us, um, you know, for us operators. But when they're when the interface is between the customer directly on the chatbot, that's a recipe for frustration at this point in time, and you know, and uh, you know, until uh, until they become sufficiently advanced that we can't tell the difference, and they're all passing the Turing test. But in the meantime, one way to to sort of solve that is to actually have um, uh, you know uh, kind of queryable knowledge bases that are natural language. I'm thinking ChatGPT that's actually being used by your customer service agents. To act as the intermediary between what's coming out of the of the automation um, and being being given to the customer. So really, it's just wrapping that automated experience in a level of humanity and control. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask about is, you know, all of that makes sense, and we've done a, a number of of articles on use of uh, AI such as ChatGPT. But when it comes to like let's say a larger financial institution if you're one of the the big banks you know bank of america comes to mind wells fargo things like that How, you know you can use that chat gpt 
but it still has its limitations as well. How would you recommend like a large bank approach injecting that layer of humanity? Whereas, you know, ChatGPT, I was using it the other day, has trouble pulling, you know, recent information from, I think, you know, after 2021 is where it starts to get a little fuzzy with new information. So in a larger financial institution, how, what, what tips could you give to sort of bridge that gap and, and sort of meet automation with the customer experience there? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I don't have a cut and dry answer, I think, because of how um, sort of nascent this this sort of approach is, right? How new this is uh, for a lot of us. Um, I go back a little bit to, to what I was saying a little bit before in, in that um, a human intermediary between the automated um, outputs and our customers, I think is absolutely critical at this point in time. Do I think it will be necessary forever? Probably not. But for now, I, I think it is in order to solve, you know, exactly what you just brought up, the gaps in information and, and more critically, not, not gaps, but, but language learning model may just not actually have context in, in, into our customers or what it means to be human in these particular cases, empathy, right? Those things are absolutely critical. Um, uh, for for our helping our customers maintain, like I said, a sense of control in managing their finances. So I think in the near term, it's 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 not about using automation, be it language learning models or you know uh, simpler machine learning models or um, you know uh, uh, simpler algorithms uh, to really make customer decisions for them. It's not about narrowing customer choices via these automations, right? It's about broadening their choices and giving customers context. It's about getting the right information in front of the customers at the right time so that they can make the informed choice with minimal cognitive load. So it's it's really like at this point, the, the tactical way I think, you know, to really do that is to is to have that human layer in, in between um, in the near term. The idea is to retain a certain degree of control um, and enable the customers to get the value from the automation that they otherwise wouldn't. Um, if they're spending, if customers are spending hours a day thinking about this stuff, and we can reduce that to minutes, you know, not eliminate it entirely, but reduce it and make those minutes matter more in terms of confidence about their decisions, in terms of the the, the you know correctness of their decisions. That's where we're providing real value with automation. Let's go back to your your joy example. She suffered from you know overdraft uh, due to a bill mm-hmm. you know that came out earlier than expected. How important is it for banks to have different layers of alerts in place to let customers know, you know, this might happen? Um, How customizable should banks make their, you know, controls, say card controls, um, you know, overdraft protection, things like that? How do you balance those alerts with keeping sort of that human layer that you had talked about? Because obviously, you know, it's as easy as 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 a push notification you know, someone might have additional questions. So what can banks do to sort of meet their customers there as well? You know, I think it comes back to some very like fundamental UX principles, Um, uh, you know, user experience principles really around um, paths out of any any alert, right? Like um, if you think about uh, the case of Joy and AutoPay, it really comes uh, back to kind of really fundamental UX principles around how you offer customers uh, choice in any interface that they're interacting with. 
if in Joy's case, she got an alert that says, we've taken out your auto payment. There's nothing for her to do. There's nothing actionable there. And that may already be too late for her to avoid overdraft charges. If instead your alert says, you know, you've set your automatic payment, or even in this case, you know, maybe we could we could brand it something different so that it, it the real value is clear to her. You know, your backstop payment is about to be withdrawn. Uh, would you like to change it or edit it? Is this, you know, still the information that you want uh, to be submitted? Is this still the amount from the right from this account? Uh, and then, you know, take that and allow that to be a place where it could be a simple confirmation of yes, that's exactly right. Or, you know, this month I need to do something different. I need to move the date. I need to switch the account it comes from. And wrapping that all, and I know this sounds very simple and very obvious, but in human language, right? Um, wrapping it all in 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 copy that that sounds like a person wrote it is these little simple fundamental things are important. The use of you know I I talk about this all the time, and it, it's such a simple thing. But the use of contractions, saying we're with with a with a, a um, uh, an apostrophe instead of a we are, little things like that change the copy to humanize it, and then you give folks. Uh, like I said, paths to edit or or maintain a sense of control over the the subsequent actions. And that's at least a starting point. You know, it doesn't solve all the problems, but that's a starting point. You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com.